Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports and it will On this Tuesday evening, good evening to the fan. As we, a little past six, take you right up until Steve Summers and 6.30 this evening. Three things on the NFL, then I'll get into the Mets stuff with Beltran. Number one, congratulations to Jimmy Johnson getting to the Hall of Fame. I'm happy he did. Uh, I like Jimmy Johnson a lot. I've known him forever. Uh, I consider him a friend. He's uh, a good football guy. He was a terrific Italian evaluator. Very good master psychologist. He took industrial psychology in college. Um, he was very good at that. I don't think he's the greatest X's and O guy, but I think he was very good at motivating his players, and I think he was great at eye and talent, and I think that's how he won. Uh, and he built a great Dallas team. He really did. One that was able to win after he left. Uh, so um, that's the sign. If you ever listen to Urban, Urban Meyer talk about the five levels of leadership, the fifth one is... Having what you built sustain itself after you leave, Jimmy did that in Dallas. Urban, Urban Meyer did it in Ohio State. That's the, what Urban calls the fifth level of leadership, is being able to do that. Uh, so congratulations to Jimmy. Congratulations to Bill Coward, too. I don't know Bill very well, but uh, congratulations to him, too. Um, Antonio Gates retires. Heck of a career. Really exciting. Really good player. Uh, uh, really, a lot of times you watched Antonio Gates play, and you were like, "Wow!" You know, this guy was a basketball player who turned into a heck of a tight end. Really good player. So, uh, congratulations to him on a very, very good career. Uh, and Pat Shermer becomes the Denver Broncos offensive coordinator. So good for him. You know, no one wishes anybody ill. So uh, I'm glad he found the job. And I think there's a lot of North Turner in Pat. I think he's got the ability to be a good coordinator. I just don't think he's a head coach. I just, you know, I don't think everybody is. I think the handling the game, the bigness of the game and all the roster and all the players and and being a disciplinarian and being a tactician and everything that goes with being a head coach, I think maybe it's just not what Pat's about. I think Pat's a good offensive coordinator. I think he can work with quarterbacks. I think he can call plays. I, I think he can. So uh, I think that could work. So good for him. I'm glad he uh, landed on his feet and uh, found the job as uh, the Denver Broncos offensive coordinator. Now to the, to the Mets. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff and heard a lot of stuff the last since this whole thing came down that what about Beltran? Beltran should be fired. Well, again, the players are not culpable here they have no authority so why he was a player so why would he be why should he be fired i don't think he should be fired i don't believe he will be reprimanded and i don't think it's going to be an issue with the mets i really don't now so i don't think it should be an issue now what about the mets and what they should do should they fire him i don't think they should fire him 
what about how it played out through the interview process? It's my understanding that it was not a subject, for, you know, it had not gotten hot yet, so it was not a subject during their talks, number one. So it really was not anything where he wasn't honest with them. I don't think it really was, a, it was an issue. Number two, I think the Mets are handling it, smart, uh, 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 handling it in a smart manner where they're just waiting for the smoke to clear. Make sure, because Belchan was named, watch what happens in Boston. Make sure that Beltran isn't implicated by some other part of this investigation where they have to do something, where he was somehow involved in a way where he is brought into it. Let him be completely, it sounds like he's cleared. It sounds like he was cleared by the commission, but make sure that's true. Let the smoke clear. Let everything take a step back. Be patient. Make sure everything's is done. Make sure everything's clear. They've already talked about the players not being culpable, but he was mentioned. A lot of people, there's a thought that he might have masterminded this, but even if he did, it doesn't sound like he's going to have any culpability because he didn't have any power. Still got to be condoned by the general manager and the manager. So um, unless his, unless he is implicated in some way that is just impossible for them to deal with, I don't think there'll be any issue with Beltran. But I think that's the smart way to play it. Let all that happen. Let him be completely cleared, and then they can go forward. And then, obviously, they are going to have to all speak. I think Beltran will have to speak, and I think he will. I think uh, Brody will have to speak, and ownership will have to speak. And I think they all will. You know, they have the thing coming up with Mike, with the building, with, with, with spring training. Um, that might not be the right time, and it might not be the timing might not be right where everything has been done. But I think they're just making sure that they don't want to say everything's fine and then have a shoe drop on Beltron. Doesn't sound like there's going to be any shoe dropping on Beltran. I think they're just making sure there was no shoe dropping on Beltran before they make anything public. But I don't expect, I will be very surprised, A, if anything happens to Beltran from a baseball standpoint, and B, if that is the case, and I think it will be, then there'll be no issue with the Mets. And they'll move forward. But he will have to speak on it. And he's going to have to stand in front of all the media and answer questions on it. That, there's no way around that. Now, how forthcoming he will be and how he will address that, I don't know. I think the best thing he can do is say, hey, here's – if I was Beltran, I would look at everything that has been disclosed so that I would not, not answer questions on stuff that's already public knowledge. So I would make sure that anything that's out there I was open about. That's all. Now, he might know something that everyone else doesn't know, and he might not be forthcoming and offering that, but if he does his homework, he doesn't have to be. It sounds like he had a role in this, but again, he was a player, and there's no way, and I said this to you back when it, was, it happened, there's no way the players are going to be implicated in this. They have no power. You can only take down the guys who make the decisions. And that was exactly the way it was stated. They did not originate it, but they condoned it. They were the ones who could have put a stop to it. They could have said, hey, you players started this. 
it stops here. Then it's over with. If they had done that as a manager, as a general manager, they'd be working. They didn't do that. They decided, hey, we're in. We'll use it. We'll run with it. And away we go. And they probably aided and abetted. But when you do that in a position of authority, where you have the power to stop it, and you don't, you pay the price. And then when you enhance it, which seems to be the case here, then you deal with that also. So I don't think, A, never came up in their interviews. B, he's been re- so far he's been cleared, and I think as long as he continues to be cleared, he'll be fine. But he will have to speak on it. And so will the Mets. And I think they will do that in due time. I think they, that, that will all happen. And then I think it'll go away. Does this make Beltran this, you know, outlaw? Hey, again, they went too far. They created a system they shouldn't have created. All right? They got caught. They got slapped. It's over. Does that mean he can't manage a baseball team? No, of course not. I don't think so. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, again, there's this fine line with this stuff that you're dealing with. I mean, these are the laws of baseball here. This is trying to gain an edge. That's what they're doing. You know, this was not a crime against humanity. This was a crime against baseball. And again, we know science stealing has been going on. The question is, when have you crossed the line where you're out of line with how you deal with it? And by baseball's own terms, when you utilize technological equipment, which they have outlawed, you have broken their rules. You have taken it too far, and you must pay the price. And that's the price they're going to pay now. But Beltran's name was mentioned. I again told you I thought, why? A, he's not playing now. B, he's a manager now. And also three, because I think, and everything we had heard from the beginning was that he probably had had a significant role because he was in a very adept, known to be, you heard this for years, that Belgium was an extremely good science dealer, as you used to hear Mickey Mantle was. But by that, they meant that he could eye the pitcher and come up with a tell. And then he would whistle when it was a fastball. I mean, my, I, if you've read all these Mickey Mantle books, as I have, you know, you heard all these stories about him being able to do that. And you also heard guys, you know, and I said one time to Moose when this came up, one of my interviews with Moose, again, Moose go, I don't want to hear what was going on. I didn't want them doing that from the dugout. They used to foul me up. So let me see the baseball. And Moose was a heck of a hitter. And you know this and I know this. You know what? You get in the batter's box. And any hitter who's ever gotten in the batter's box is trying to do the same thing. Get a 2-0 count, get a 3-1 count, look for a good fastball to hit. Okay, that's what we <laughs> I don't care what level we played on. That's what we all wanted to do. Is get ahead in the count and look for a fastball. Okay, nobody wanted to hit the curveball. Even then, well, what level it was. You're still looking for the guy to try to throw the fastball by you at a 2-0 or 3-1. That's what you want to do. And your batting average went up a lot 
You hit a lot better at 3-1 or 2-0 than you did at 1-2. That's baseball. Back after this. All right, so uh, another one heads to Carolina now. Last night, you probably heard if you watched the game, if you watched the LSU game last night, you know that a lot of the uh, success for the quarterback's remarkable season. And he had one of the, maybe even the greatest statistical season in the history of college football for a quarterback. Uh, clearly one of the top three. And came out of nowhere to do it. Um, his passing uh, offensive coordinator, the guy who ran, ran the passing game for them, it's a guy, Joe Brady, young guy. The other guy used to be an LSU quarterback, Steve Emsinger. I'm uh, old enough to obviously have seen Emsinger play. Um, he was their quarterback. Uh, he's been around a while. Matter of fact, he's been fired a bunch of times. Okay? So has their head coach been fired. So, I mean, that's they just hung around, stuck to it, and away they went. Um, but Brady became a hot number because of the success of the passing game. Uh, and Burrow's success. So now where does he wind up? He winds up with Matt Rule in Carolina. He's now the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. So uh, Tepper, who, as you know, Tepper is a Wall Street guy who made billions, who bought the Carolina Panthers and went in and swept away Matt Rule and gave him that outrageous contract believed to be $60 million for a coach who's, you know, been only a head coach at Temple and Baylor. Uh, so he obviously is throwing a lot of money around. Uh, he has told people that he will be leaving the school and joining Matt Rule in Carolina. So, you know what? Good for him. He, he did a good job. Uh, Joe Burrow had 60 touchdown passes this year and six interceptions. In his last seven games, he had 30 touchdown passes and two interceptions against the top teams in the country. Uh, that's impressive stuff. In the two playoff games, he had 12 touchdown passes. I mean, not bad work if you can do it. So he put up astronomical numbers. Uh, he has not been given the offensive coordinator's title yet in Carolina. It's believed he will be the offensive coordinator. We're not sure about you know, titles there yet, we have not, but he is leaving the school and going uh, to Carolina from what we hear. Now, the other thing, is there anybody anywhere who could ruin a Cinderella special season? There's only one, there's not many guys I could think of who could ruin LSU's night. One guy I could think of, though, was there trying to see if he could do it. And who was it? Odell Beckham, who was there last night, making LSU have to put out the statement that the money he was handing out to players after the game was fake money. Now, none of us believe it was fake money that he was handing out to players after the game, but those are recruiting, those are considered NCAA uh, violations. Those $100 handshakes that he might have thought was really a lot of fun last night. And you saw last night the LSU contingency. You saw Boogman falling down there. He was flipping the coin. That's where he should be. He should be there doing the, during the game, right there. Okay. Um, Odell, I gather, 
and I haven't seen the video. Have any of you guys seen the video? Have you watched it? Can you see that they're real dollars? I'm told they were, but they now announce. Can you see anything that gives you any validity that they are real dollars? No? Because a school actually put out. So explain this to me. Why would Odell be handing out fake money to people and not handing out real money to these kids after the game? Why would he be handing out fake money? For what purpose? It doesn't make any sense. I'm told from people that the money was real, and the school's now saying that the money was fake. Now, who knows? I'm not going to do an investigation. But here that they have to go after their greatest victory and worry about the headache of the NCAA and having violations because Odell has to thrust himself into the middle of this is just typical Odell. I mean, that's, just, that, that's the kind of stuff as why the Giants didn't win when he was here. Cleveland didn't do anything when he's there. And you watch. When he leaves there unhappy and goes to his third team, it will be the same thing. It won't work there either. Because guys like that, as talented as they are, and remember, this guy, when he left, badmouth Eli Manning. Go look at his numbers this year. And then check out his numbers his first three years with Eli Manning, where he missed the first four games of his rookie season because he had a hamstring pull. Never played every game in every season, but still had 35 touchdown catches and almost 300 catches in his first three years with Eli Manning and set records, receiving records. For, for a player in his first three years when he was with Eli Manning. Then he went to Cleveland, talked about how, thank God I'm finally with a quarterback, and what did he catch? Two touchdown passes? That's Odell Beckham. And has made overtures of going to San Francisco and going to New England during the season. So now, what does he do? Go down and cause some problem for LSU. By handing out money, anybody who knows anything about college knows you don't hand out money on television to players. But that's Odell getting in the middle of it. Okay? Had to make it known that he bought each of the players. What did he buy them? iPods or I, uh, some pod? You know, what are those things that are hot right now? The, the things you put in your ears. The pod, what are they called? AirPods. AirPods, okay. That he bought those for the players? All right. He wanted to gift them that. I'm not sure what the legality of that is or isn't, that he wanted to gift those to the players before the game. Okay, that's fine. If he wanted to do that. I know that Apple's going to you know, sell 85 million of those things this year, so God bless them. I'm happy they are. So me and every other Apple stockholder, and everyone is one, so I'm happy too. So God bless them. You know, great company. Keep selling product. Um, but... I have no problem with that. And I'm not even sure that's illegal. But I do know that you cannot be standing there congratulating players after games by handing money to them. That you cannot do. And for them to have to put out a press release on the night they win the national championship that the money was fake shows you that he is just a pain in the neck to have around. Wherever he goes, the team has trouble. And they sure had enough in Cleveland this year to carry him. And you watch. There'll be more. Okay? And then he said, you know, why do people want to send me to another team? You're the guy who said you wanted to play in San Francisco. You're the guy who told Garoppolo, hey, this is where I really wanted to play. You're the guy who said you want to play in New England next year. 
He's the one who always starts it, and then he's upset that the media gets involved. Well, you start it every time. So there he was yesterday in the middle of it, even in the middle of uh, LSU's great moment. They have to deal with the fact that he is accused of handing out real money. I have not seen any video on it. So I don't know. Uh, someone can, you know, ESPN can do some, you know, real investigative work on whether the money was real or not. They can get the, you know, look at the camera and, you know, check the whole thing out and get, trace the serial numbers and do everything and find out if the money's real. I really don't care. But the point is, he shouldn't even be around the program is, more, is, 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 is the thing. No, I understand. I understand that guys like that help you recruit because, hey, he walks in your living room and you're an 18-year-old receiver or a 17-year-old receiver, and you want to be like him, I understand that. It makes it easier for the recruit, okay? He call, you know, some guy idolizes him, just like Burrow idolized Drew Brees. You get Drew Brees. So, I mean, listen, that's how the game is played. We understand that. There's a recruiting process with all these players. There's a fight for these talented players, as we know. I mean, look at ATN when he went, instead of going to Baton Rouge and playing for those Tigers, that he went to Clemson and played for those Tigers. My God, you know, his family got death threats. So, I mean, you know, it's the way the game is played. It's crazy sometimes how, how fervent the recruiting process gets and how nuts it gets. So we understand that. But you don't need that rather large headache the night of the game to have a very prominent NFL player, which he is, and a media magnet, which he is, handing out uh, money. So LSU to the, to the uh, winner goes the spoils. Burrow now can get ready to be the first player picked. And for all his success, he winds up, all right, He's a native of Ohio, so maybe he'll like the idea that he, he's born in Athens. His father was, the, uh, was a uh, defensive coordinator at Ohio all these years for Frank Solich. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why he's from Athens, Ohio. He now will be the new pride and joy of the Bengals and hope he has a fine career. He will be the number one pick, and away he goes. Lawrence, with all his talent, will go back as he has to for one more year to Clemson, where he will be the favorite to win the Heisman next year. Doesn't mean he wins it. Hey, last year, I don't know. Somebody could go back and look. What do you think Burrow was to win the Heisman? Had to be 100-1 to preseason if he was even listed. If, if you could even find what he was listed, I'm not even sure you could have got an odd on him last year uh, 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 for him to win the Heisman. So it shows you you can. You know, there's always the theory. And this has been an old, th- an old adage in college football for many years, that you had to build your Heisman candidate the year before, and then you win it the next year. Like a Lawrence, you build your candidacy, win it the next year. Not always true. You can do it and be a one-year wonder because look at Burrow. He had to be how much? 200 to 1. All right, look, he was 200 to 1. I'm surprised there even was a number on him. 200 to 1 to win the Heisman. I wonder if he bet on himself. Uh, 200 to 1 to win the Heisman this year. And he didn't win it. He won it in a cakewalk and put up some of the greatest numbers in the history of the sport 
averaged 50 points a game down the stretch against top-flight competition and put up incredible numbers in the playoff that other quarterbacks are going to have to try to match, putting up you know, seven touchdown passes in one game, five touchdown passes in another game, accounting for two other touchdowns. So he accounted for 14 touchdowns in the two games, threw 12 touchdown passes in the two games, and rolled to a national title. So kudos to him. His magical season ends. I hope he was in line for one of those uh, fake Beckham Bucks last night because I doubt he needed it. But, hey, you know what? He should have been there and online twice to get one or get two or get three or whatever Odell was given out because he was uh, very, very good last night. Although the game, way, way too long. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Steve Summers is next. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 